Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodman Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I am your host, Juwan, and as I look at my uh, soundboard here, I realize I don't really know who all is on here. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to do roll call as best as possible. Um, Tia, I know Tia is here. What's going on, Tia? Are we doing a roll call like uh, James Gunn did his roll call for Suicide Squad? If so, we may be the worst to save save the world, so sorry to break it to you. Yeah, no, if if we're the Suicide Squad, I can just let you guys know know now, I'm dying, like, immediately. Like, the credits won't even roll. Um, I'll be dead before the trailers are over. Um, (laughs) We also have the... um, I wanted to say backstabbing, but I can't do that to you. Um, <laughs> we got Dom, um, a.k.a. interviewing um, the love of my life. But what's going on, Dom? <laughs> I'm good, man. I just uh, got back from a comic book store. It's free comic book day, so I picked up a few things. Uh, so it was pretty good. It was free comic book day? It down here was, at least at this one shop. They've had like four free comic book days, like, in the past couple months. Oh, yeah. I mean, COVID has hit so hard, I I forgot what month we were in. I was like, oh, yeah, it is May. And I was like, wait, no, that's not right. You <laughs> threw me completely off. I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's not May. Why are they doing free comic books in, in, in September? Um, Almost threw me off, but I don't read anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Um, <laughs> we also got AJ. What's going on, AJ? What's up? What's up? I hope everybody had a good day because I know I did, and I'm ready just to talk everything that we're going to talk about. Yeah, well, I had a horrible day, AJ. Thank you for asking, and thank oh, you for going. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we got uh, Joel. I believe is on here. What's going on, Joel? Yo. All right. <laughs> uh, um, okay. All right. Uh, unfortunately, I do have to get us real serious real quick. Um, I know we had a very fun opening, um, but we had to get serious real quick, then we can get back to fun. Um, I do want us to not only take a brief moment of silence for the life of Chadwick Boseman, um, but I do want us to follow it up with just a brief memory that we had of the legacy, uh, that he has set here, um, you know, while he was here. Um, So we can go ahead and take our brief moment of silence for, for Chadwick. 
All right. Thank you, guys. Um, I, I will definitely say one of the fondest memories um, I will always have of Chadwick is uh, the interview uh, that he did talking about the kids um, suffering from, from cancer, uh, just how passionate he was um, and, and how much it hurt him when one of the kids he was uh, relatively close to had, uh, had passed away before actually seeing the finished version of Black Panther. Um, just how hurt he was in that moment. Uh, and then to know that he, he was suffering himself. Um, but I will definitely say the highlight for me will always be um, Kevin Feige trying to, to be funny, telling us to get ready for Serpent Society. Um, and albeit, uh, I was curious on how he was going to pull that off. Um, but then he quickly tells us, no, it'll be Captain America Civil War. And when they announced that Black Panther would be in Civil War and Chadwick came out, it was just like, here we go. This is, this is going to be history. Um, and Black Panther turned out to be just that. Um, and I hope we continue to celebrate that movie. Um, but I'll pass it around. Uh, AJ, I'll go to you next. Uh, just uh, quickly, one of your uh, memories of Chadwick. Yeah, um... With me, my first memory was actually with my grandma, who actually recently died this year, too. And we went to go see Get On Up. That was actually my first introduction to um, Chadwick. Um, and I thought he did an amazing job in Get On Up. Uh, as James Brown, he did a magnificent um, job performing as James Brown. He did him justice. And from there on forward, i I just been a... Uh, a huge supporter of um, Chadwick, and hearing him become Black Panther, I was one of one of many people who were excited for him as um, was casted as Black Panther. And then, just skip a few years after that, where now basically we hear that he had cancer for four years, uh, probably even more. We don't, even, I don't know, but he had cancer for a while, but. To see him keep pushing forward and just give the audience um, movies that we deserve and that he deserves as a person. And to know that people that were around him cared for him dearly, respected him as a colleague and a friend dearly, I feel like he is probably one of the better people in this world that for me, at least, he didn't deserve to die. There's billions of other people that deserve to die, but I don't think he deserved to die because he had so much to um, live for. And the legacy he gave to us as fans, it, it will never die there um, in that sense. So in that sense, he's immortal because of all the movies that he give, that he's given us from T'Challa, Black Panther, um, Thurgood Marshall, Marshall um, Jacob King from Message from the King, uh, Jackie, Jackie Brown, uh, Forty Two, just uh, all all of the great movies that. Sorry, not Jackie Brown, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. I was gonna let you finish, yeah. but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, just all the things that he's given the audience. Um, just a great resume of movies, and just giving a legacy to him, him and his family that people will remember him by. There's so much respect for him. Um, I was sad at first, but 
thinking about it, it this should be a celebration at least. Uh, one of the main things my grandmother taught me is don't be sad because someone is dying, but be happy because they're going on to a better place. So um, rest in peace, um, Chadwick, and I know you you are in the better place. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. His legacy is something that will forever live. Um, it's one of those things to where it's like Black Panther was already something that was so widely revered. Um, this now etches it in um, in history uh, to where we will always look back and, and remember it for two things, what it did and then uh, what he was able to do. Um, I definitely think um, they should get on putting giving him a star uh, on the Walk of Fame, like, as, as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huge shout out to South Carolina. They got a billboard for him. Um, that was very, very, very touching that they did that. But, um, yeah, the he, he deserves a star. Uh, that should not be something he has to, uh, or his family, rather, has to wait for. It should be um, immediately. Um, but, Dom, I'm going to go to you next. Your, uh, your thoughts on Chadwick's uh, history. Uh, I think the the biggest takeaway for me is um, all the stuff that we're learning, like that day and and now after the fact, that he was able to uh, do like give us these great movies, these great characters, these great roles, and you know we saw him, you know doing stunts and fluctuating and and wait for these roles while having this cancer the entire time is like the most g shit I ever heard in my life. Like, the fact that nobody knew except for probably his wife and maybe, like, his parents, um, that he was able to, like, grit his teeth, do his thing, put his head down. And and now that I've seen more of these, um, you know, other actors come out and talk about how, like, he actually would, you know, genuinely talk to you and he'd give you all this advice and he was great to be around. Like, we we often, when things like this happen, we hear – something negative come out and it it seems that this guy was this this universal uh character or figure of of love when people are around him and uh, it's good to see you know someone legitly be that person and be celebrated for it after the fact but yeah to me like the, the it kind of gives you kind of like a a way to live you know like that you're going through something that you know, it, it might have been, it was very serious to him, sure, but he kind of just puts it off as like, there's nothing I can do about it, so I'm just going to enjoy what I'm doing. And, and it kind of puts a lot of things in perspective when you look at how he was able to do what he did while going through this adversity. So um, uh, to me, that was probably the biggest thing. Cause I was like, that is a gangster. Like, that's the epitome of, of G shit, that be able to go through all that and still, like, thrive and, and, and be this superstar. And then to, um, I know when he won that VMA, you know, for, for Black Panther, he gives his award to a real-life hero. And so this dude was like a real-life superhero, and we we talk about it a lot and everybody talks about it a lot, but not that many people are a hero incarnate. And this guy, he was the, he was the real deal. Yeah, there's something truly special about um, and <clears throat> I, I don't use this word. I, I want to use this word somewhat loosely, but there's something truly special about not burdening others with um, what, what's happening to you. And from what it sounds like, no one really knew this. 
Um, like this wasn't something that Chadwick would go on set and say, Hey, you know, just so you got like, this was something that he said, you know what, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to make the best out of every day. I'm going to go to work, put my head down, do the best that I can. And that's what he did. And, you know, like I said, him being very outspoken, um, about cancer and everything. I mean, almost all the interviews I've been, I've been watching, um, spans back, uh, for a few years and, and him just being very passionate about it. Um, but it's really good to hear that, um, he was able to marry his, uh, I believe his high school sweetheart, uh, or his girlfriend for, for a while, um, that he was able to, to marry her and, you know, they got time together. Um, it's just, it, it, it really hurts because, you know, forget Black Panther. He had so much more to give just as a person. Um, you know, now we unfortunately have to go on without Chadwick, but, um, T, I'll pass it to you. Your thoughts on Chadwick Boseman? So, <clears throat> I didn't know who Chadwick was prior to Captain America Civil War, right? Um, and this isn't, say, just saying it for the sake of saying it now. But I remember um, walking out of Captain America Civil War because I saw it at the same time Brittany down Arkansas saw it. And... I literally walked out and I texted her, you know, we obviously talked about the movie saying, I really like the character Black Panther. I really like the guy who is playing this character. Like it made me more interested in finding out who this character was. And I feel like, you know, as you said, and as everyone's been saying, Chadwick was obviously more than just T'Challa. But I think he also understood how important being T'Challa was and how he just brought this sort of resonance and this sort of dignity to the character that you loved seeing him on screen. You cried in Infinity War when his character, you know, got swept away. You, you know, felt this you know, resignation of emotion when his character was the first to come out of the portals in Endgame. Because I think we knew, Kevin Feige knew, everyone knew just how important this man was. And it wasn't just the character, it was him. It was Chadwick as T'Challa. And I wish that I knew more about his life while he was still living to appreciate him fully. I'm now looking back at things after Friday, which is it's so crazy because it still doesn't feel real. Like, when I saw the announcement from his official Twitter page, and just it does, every time I think about it, it just really doesn't seem real because it really seems that he was at the beginning of his life, he was at the beginning of his career, and he now watching it just seems like such a wonderful human being, seeing his interview, seeing what he was doing for children who had cancer. And as Dom uh, mentioned, literally giving his award away to the gentleman who literally fought a gunman at a Waffle House. That's just, just, and as you said, with someone who has a disease, like that. I think I read that colon cancer is probably the second deadliest form of cancer. And to be dealing with that for the past four years, not mentioning it to anyone, he could have asked for pity. He could have stopped acting. Instead, he decides to live his life to the fullest, give back to people, 
perform, know that this was so much bigger than himself. And one of the one of my favorite tweets after this has been from uh, Shang Chi's actor mm-hmm. Simu Liu, who said that you know if it weren't for Chadwick, there would be no Shang Chi coming to the live action capacity. Um, and that's just beautiful. It really is. I mean, just learning about this, and I hate learning about the person after he passed away. I feel like I did that with Amy Winehouse a little, and it sucks. But I'm sorry, I'm rambling. But the one last thing I want to say is I read something that about a year ago, or not a year ago, recently even, Chadwick posted a picture of himself on social media where he was looking quite thin. And people were making comments saying that he's turned into, quote-unquote, crack panther in the midst of quarantine, and it forced him to take it down. You never know what type of battle someone is dealing with. So instead of automatically leaping to make fun of them, just think about what they're dealing with. Like, just knowing that, it's, it's just it's ugly and it's unnecessary. So I just wanted to say that before I pass it back to you. I don't. It, I think that this is a message for people that you never know what someone is dealing with, so just be kinder to one another. Unfortunately, from the top all the way down to social media, we um, unfortunately don't live in a world that views it that way, um, mainly because after his passing, the conversation wasn't his legacy. The conversation was the legacy of the character. What do we do now? Um, and it's a, a wife and a mother just just lost someone they cared about. Um, you know, it, it'd be like if someone close to you passed and the first thing someone says is like, well, did they leave you money? I, I'm not thinking about that. Like, that's not what's important right now. Um, I, I'm grieving. Allow me to grieve. Um, and it's a process that I, I truly believe has no timetable. Um, you know, and honestly, I believe... Um, it's something that's on the shoulders of, um, you know, the, the people that are in control of what's happening over there. Um, it's not for us to necessarily speculate. It's not for us to necessarily try to put a timetable to. It's whenever they're ready, which we know that's how they work anyway. Um, but, you know, we just unfortunately live in an era where someone can think something and hit sense rather than, you know, when social media wasn't at its height and it was like, well, no one's going to see that tweet um, or no one's going to see that tweet. Uh, we live in a world now where there's like-minded people like that. Um, I saw it a lot. I saw it from professionals. I saw it from people that I personally don't think matter. Um, but it, it's disgusting. It, it, it honestly is. And, you know, as you were saying, making fun of when he was um, losing weight, I assumed it was for a role. Um, I, I did not think he was sick. I, I thought it was for a role. I mean, we, we see it very often. Christian Bale does it, uh, you know, for sport for his role. So I, I thought it was just for a role. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it just, it kind of sheds a light on, you know, just appreciate the people that, that you care about and that care about you. Um, there is no, you know, there shouldn't be a situation that has to come up for you to value someone. Um, just value your common <laughs> human being, you know. Um, but, Joelle, to, to close this out, your thoughts on the great Chadwick Boseman? Well, I think you just said it. Uh, he was great. Um, there's not much I can say that hasn't already been said. 
about Chadwick. Um, I was very sad. I mean, I was very, I was very sad uh, because like he's so young still. Like, what he was like forty ish. It, it was, it was, he was, he was still young. Like he was still in early parts of his life, in my opinion. Um, but he's done so many great roles in his time. Uh, my first, the first time I ever heard of Chadwick was in Forty Two, and I, that's like the, I went to go see that in theaters. Very good movie, by the way. Uh, and he was great in it, and that's a legacy character all on its own, and he and he killed it, and and just kept taking over roles just like that, where he was becoming uh, a legendary person, and he became a legendary person in in, in all of that. Um, um. And then, of course, that time we, you mentioned earlier where he got announced as Black Panther during, um, I forgot what it was. It was like one of those things that they were showing. And uh, it, was, I mean, it was one of the coolest moments. Like, oh, I know him. I've seen him before. He's been doing a lot of movies recently. And now he's our Black Panther going forward. And you know what? He killed it. And the yeah. fact that, you know, he, when he died, everybody more. I don't think I saw one person say anything other than good things about that man. And he hasn't shown us any other side, you know. Like he's a great human being first and foremost. Um, and it sucks. It really sucks. I would be lying to you if I told you like one of the first things that popped in my head is like, what What does Marvel do next? Because I I don't know. It's like one of those things. They have they have their options, but it's really not the time for that. I think the world needs the mourn first, and then you can go into the idea of what do you do next. And I bet everyone has their own opinion on what they should do. But at the end of the day, we it's just we, you gotta let this pass. And Chadwick, it's literally been less than a week, and it's like still shocking to think about um, because like he he was just a great dude, and it, it just absolutely sucks. But it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. No, and the importance of what you just said um, is um, there. It's a tricky situation because um, if not given enough time, um, it can produce a lot of pushback with whoever you decide will will be your future um, Black Panther. And it's just not something that, you know, makes sense. You know, albeit we're not focusing on this. This is not uh, for us to go off on on a, you know, how do we think they should should go forward. But um, it, it just is important to say that, uh, casting too quickly will do you no good. Um, I, I do right. heavily believe Feige should, um, whether it's Feige or um, I don't know why I can't think of the guy that directed Black Panther. Um, Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, thank you. I completely blanked. Um, I do think they should be in communication with his family um, because Black Panther is Chadwick Boseman. Um, same yeah. way, if, you know, Robert Downey, you know, God forbid anything happened to Robert Downey Jr. Um, he is Iron Man, and I do believe his family should have some input on, um, you know, just the grievance period. You know, just the idea of knowing that someone's dad or someone's husband um, has been this iconic character and you're looking to just move on. Um, that's not easy for a lot of people. So to me, uh, what is it called? A moratorium or something like that? Um, yeah. I, I think if anything... I think if anything, what they should do is push Blade up to wherever the window was for Black Panther, um, and then just push Black Panther to wherever Blade was, and just give it the time. 
Um, it's just it's 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 just the right thing to do. Um, yep. but yeah, um, Chadwick um was a hero to a lot of people. Uh, seeing the photos, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen the photos on Twitter of um kids of color with the action figures of Black Panther holding up the Wakanda oh, forever. That um, it just it it meant a lot to to kids, and, and kids don't see it as oh, the actor passed away, but the character is still here. To them, the character is the guy. Um, so when you tell them the guy is gone, they're thinking the character is gone. So to them, it hurts a lot deeper uh, than it does for us. So um, all we can do is to continue to fight uh, the battles that Chadwick was fighting, um, both behind and in front of the screen. Uh, and, you know, just make sure his legacy never, ever, ever... Um, is is let go or silenced or um you know forgotten. Um but Chadwick, we at Geek Vibes Nation loved you dearly. Um me and Joel were uh, I was it Joel a few months ago we were talking about how hype we were for it. Uh we were even speculating Submariner, like what are you guys gonna do with it and then the Illuminati and all that. Um we were very yep. excited what Chadwick yep. was about to do with this um this follow-up. Um, but we truly did love you, not just as an actor, not just as our favorite hero, Black Panther, but as a human being, Chadwick. Um, and we will make sure your legacy carries on. Um, all right, guys, I want to get into something a little, it's, it's a little still serious, um, but I think it's important we talk about it. Um, and that is, Tia, um, I can't remember who did the article. You might have did the article, but John Boyega, um, a lot of these Star Wars guys have been very vocal about their displeasure in their time with Disney. Um, John Boyega did a um, interview with GQ, I believe, and expressed his uh, disinterest in how Disney treated a character of color. Um, now, John Boyega is fighting a battle that will be fought forever. Um, it, 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 it's just, it, it's like the battle of racism. It just, it, it's something that just looks like there's no end, uh, in sight, um, because it's generational. <laughs> it's just, what we're fighting for now, they fought for in the 60s. Um, but so now that we're still fighting for it, let you know exactly how this world is. But he makes a great point. Um, I remember at the end of Force Awakens, I really did think Finn was going to be a Jedi. And I thought they were going to, like, focus on it. I mean, a lot of rumors was he was Mace Windu's son, blah, blah, blah. He was obviously Force-sensitive in Force Awakens. So to see The Last Jedi and see how it was kind of like Ryan Johnson was like, I don't know what to do with Finn. So he's not really an important character to me in this movie. My focus is Rey and Kylo. Um, And then they ended the series where the focus wasn't wasn't, uh, Finn at all. It was Ray and Kylo. Um, so I'm completely with them. I mean, we had to watch Mace Windu. Mace Windu was portrayed better in the cartoons than he was in the actual movie. It's just when you have Samuel Jackson, who stands out so much, it doesn't seem like he's taking a backseat. Um, but I agree with John Boyega. Um, I, I truly do. Um, Star Wars not only needs to start doing uh, vocal characters that are people of color, that is your actual focus. Um, 
but it just needs to spice things up, man. It, it, it really does. It seems like a colorless universe. It's like when I used to watch Star Trek. It's like, you're telling me there's only, like, mm-hmm. two black people in the future? Like, what? Like, what? What happened? Like, what'd you guys do? Um, it, the representation just didn't seem like it was there. But, um, AJ, I'll go to you first, man. Um, what are your thoughts on John Boyega's take on um, Disney kind of putting Finn on the back burner after having, after like boosting him up all the first movie, kind of making him seem like he'd be really important, and then just kind of just really reeling it back going forward? Yeah, uh, actually, for me, <laughs> I'm just now hearing about this. I haven't been like reading up on news as of today. So I, this is the first time I'm hearing about that, and to hear that, and to hear what you're talking about, Star Wars is my favorite franchise, uh, one of my favorite franchises of all time. But it is behind the times. A lot of Disney stuff is behind the times when it comes to representation, and they really need to start being a little bit more progressive with that stuff. And I think this is um, what John Boyega, what you were talking about, John Boyega was saying. I think it's one good step. But Disney, Lucasfilm, just everyone over there, just Hollywood in general needs to, just needs to, uh, what's the word? They need to try to focus on more than just white characters, um, white actors and stuff like that. Get Hispanics, get blacks, Asians. Get people that deserve to get the role and try to find, if you're doing fictional characters, try to find uh, fictional, uh, try to create uh, fictional characters that represent different types of races. Um, black, white, Asians, doesn't matter as long as it's, as it's equal. Because <laughs> for me, at least, I'm getting tired of, tired of uh, 85%, 90% white characters and then, like, 2% black, 2% Asians, 1% Hispanic. That it, it gets a little, it, like you said, it gets a little colorless. And I think Star Wars needs to figure out a way to be more progressive. Um, the MCU is doing a little bit of that with uh, Shang-Chi. I already did a little bit with the, um, did that with Black Panther, which is, I feel like, is a good direction. But Lucasfilm needs to... They they need to focus on that. So that that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, and and I, I'll go to you next, Joel. Um, we, we've spoken about this, and to get a little off of John Boyega, we feel as though there's absolutely no representation uh, of of Hispanic. Um, so it's like if Black people feel as though we're like two percent represented, um, I can only imagine how Hispanic feel. <laughs> like, um, yeah. go go ahead. I'm sorry. No, they did. Huh? No, that that, that was AJ that said yep. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, but I completely <laughs> got off of my 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 knock. Uh, but anyway, um, my point of it is, um, he makes a great point. But I mean, the the battle he's fighting is, is something that he knows is a dangerous battle because um, we know how cutthroat Hollywood is. And we know how it can go yeah. from and John Boyega, up and coming star to wow, we haven't really heard John Boyega's name in like a really long time. Um, so that's why when he did the infamous 
uh, speech during the uh, Black Lives Matter rally where he said, if, if this is it for me, then, you know, I got to do what I got to do. And I love J.J. Abrams and a whole bunch of directors coming out and saying, as long as I'm working, you'll be working. Um, because you need that, you know. And it'll be interesting to see with him putting, uh, you know, with him coming out as much as he has. And remember, it's not just him. Oscar Isaac was very unhappy in his time with with Disney doing Star Wars. Um, I think to a point, Daisy Ridley kind of blames Star Wars for where she's at in, in, in her acting career. But, um, Joelle, I'll go to you. Your thoughts on John Boyega's uh, comments and how do you view race just specifically when it comes to, to Disney? Like, do you feel as though Disney is trending upward with representation or do you think they still have a lot of work to do? Uh, obviously, they, do. they have a lot of work to do, but of course, it's trending upward compared to the past. It's just it's a white slate in the past. You said dots everywhere. Um, but now it's different. Yeah, there's definitely way more characters that are people of color. Like, even the TV shows are uh, what, what you have the Cassie and Endor, or Endor uh, series coming up with Diego Luna, and you have The Mandalorian is played by a Hispanic actor. Um, yep. You have. Um, if the live action Ahsoka Tano thing is working out, it's a person of color too. Um, so, I mean, it's there. I mean, the movies, we probably don't have to worry about movies for a while with Star Wars, but still, I mean, whoever they do, whatever is next in Star Wars movies, yeah, you have to not just have people of color, but they need to be at least have prominent roles and not be considered subplots. <laughs> It'd be nice. Right. <laughs> um, that's really all. I mean, when it comes to Marvel, um, yeah, I mean, obviously now their future is definitely not going to be as white as it was, you know, where the Avengers were all white. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now now there's more color, way more color. But, and like you said, there's just not, there really isn't a lot of Hispanic characters in the Marvel Universe that are not just, you know, funny people. But um, it's just, you know, that that needs to change, obviously. But we'll see. Uh, obviously, they, they've been put on notice. Will it change? Slowly, maybe, but it's not just actors. There's people, you know, that make the decisions. Because when white people think about their characters, and when they create characters, they create white characters. <laughs> and you people that get and stuff that Yeah, I mean, it, what's frustrating is being a Marvel fan and watching something like Ant-Man. Right, to where it's like you could have made those characters like a little bit more prominent. You could have made those characters stand out a little bit more. They didn't all have to just be like one running joke. Um, right. You know, you kind of just look at it and you're kind of like, you just, you got to do better. You just have to do better. Um, you know, like you have to do better. Like you, you can't have a, a, a movie where the main character is white and like, I'm sorry to say this but like their token friend is like black like we gotta stop that yeah. like come on do better especially in marvel you everybody has a token black friend everybody right <laughs> right and think about this joel all of us had that as cartoons in our childhood like think about all the yeah. major cartoons it was like <laughs> that's how it was the your token black you know? friend um that's why i thought it was hilarious that's why i thought it was hilarious when south park uh what, what do they call the black didn't they just call him token like his name was Token, yeah, his name it was, was like, yeah, yeah was that is Hollywood, um, and we just we, we have to stop that, you know, because to me it's like it's telling me, hey, you're in the movie, but you're just not like a focus, like you don't necessarily truly matter, 
um, you know, but you're kind of just here for the the main character to make them feel better. It's like that's what we are. (laughs) We're the towel that wipes the sweat off your forehead. Um, right. So Hollywood just had to do better, and I know to a lot of people they're kind of like, "Oh, you guys are kind of like blowing this out of proportion." No, not really. Um, I tell people this all the time. When you th- when people talk about the greatest movies of all time, do you notice how none of them are predominantly black, Hispanic, or Asian movies? They're all white movies. <laughs> so it's like, no, we're not really taking this out of you know, like we're not going overboard. It's just like. Can we get more? <laughs> Can we get diversity to where we, we're not looking at it and we're like, oh, my God, we, we finally mm. got it. I mean, Dom, I'll go to you. What was the biggest thing Karen was, was telling you when um, she was saying, what was that movie that came out uh, with the subtitles, the, the Asian-led movie? Um, oh, Parasite. Parasite. She was telling you, like, how much of an achievement that was. And it's like, yeah. it shouldn't be to where it's so few far in between that we're looking at these movies and we're going, thank God we got that, you know? Um, it should be something that's, that's normalized. So we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we knew, like, an Asian-led superhero movie was coming out. Like, that happens all the time, you know? Like, it shouldn't be something that you yeah. look at and you're like, wow, they actually did that? <laughs> right, Exactly. Um, so, so, Dom, I'll go to you, especially with the, the conversation you had with Karen. Um, how do you view John Boyega's uh, stance and how much more work do you think Disney and let alone Hollywood uh, needs to make before we get to a point to where it's just normalized? Um, yeah, I think uh, John is, is 100% correct because I, I've been saying this forever that, like, we know that all these studios, they use a lot of the same writers and the same producers, and that whoever's in charge wants a certain tone, so they're going to hire the guys that they used before had a certain tone. And, and I feel like, you know, um, where the, the writers drive the story, I feel like when they have, a, you know, people of color uh, in in roles, they feel like, they don't know how to write the character, so instead of writing them as a person, they write them as a stereotype. And mm-hmm. and it's like, no, we we're, we're a lot sim- more similar than we are d- different. So you can just write however you want to mm-hmm. write. And if I want to add some kind of you know cultural flair to the character, well, that, let the actor do that because the actor that's their job and they're professionals at at that thing. So you can write what you want to, but if it doesn't feel natural and the actor says, oh, can we say it this way? then let them have that input. But I, I think that's part of the issue is, you know, like um, when when me and uh, Tia had that, you know, little conversation with that guy on Twitter when he was arguing about female directors, and it's the same thing that we were mm-hmm. saying to him is that female a female director is able to add the female flair to a to female-led cast because she's a female. So if you, we, we need to have you know, not just more representation on screen, but in the, the, the rooms for the writing rooms and, and the directors and producers. And, you know, we have, you know, like Lena Waithe and we have Kugler and, you know, this this group that's slowly rising up to help push, you know, the stories of people that look like opposite of white. <laughs> um, right. That, that we that's what we need you know it, it's not that these stories are 
foreign because we know that, like, hip-hop culture is, like, the driving culture of the United States. So any any time you watch a uh, a so-called black film, you know, where people get like, oh, my God, why is it going to be a black movie? You're, they're going to relate to it because commercials, all their Instagram ads, like, everything has is, like, hip-hop driven. So I don't know what the big deal is. Um, I don't know if they just rather steal and put their faces on it than, like, let the culture be the culture. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I feel I feel what John was saying because um, the people have been screaming this forever. And, that was the, I mean, that was the reason why BET existed. We were like, well, they're not going to put us in there, so we're going to have to do it ourselves. And now that, you know, um, a lot of people of color are realizing the um, the power of you know the culture they are raised in and uh, the influences it has and whether it's food, music, whatever, um, it, it holds weight and the, the, we can't let you know people outside the culture try to tell other people about the culture that they're not even a part of. Um, so yeah, he's he's one hundred percent valid in his his point, and you know, Disney, they, I mean, I think they're to the point where they were so big uh, financially, and as a brand that they were like, we don't have to change anything because we are one of the biggest in the world, and you know, once they start realizing that, hey, you know, people are going to, like, not watch your stuff because we have other things to watch. They kind of had their hand pushed. Now, yeah, well, it's good that we see it. Do they really? Did they really want to change? I don't know. Um, it does seem like, of course, like, like Joel was saying, it could only get better. So if you, if we, they added the one black character to, you know, Snow White, it's like, oh, my God, look, look how much progress. And it's like, yeah, but... That's, is it really progress? Because we just got that right. one person. So um, I, I think it's it's slowly getting into the right direction, and you know, a lot more um, creative types. So it's a lot more diverse when you go into certain rooms, or even when you know I go to um, screenings, and a lot of the critics are, you know, it's it's a lot more diverse. It's men, women, old, young, brown, white. It's like all throughout the spectrum. So it seems like with you know, like with Geek Vibes, when we're able to have people who love these things and, and not have to go through the, the rigmarole of being behind um, a wall of, like, you know, uh, of a hierarchy that it, we're getting more diversity for the fact that we can do it ourselves and um, the people are clearly like it a lot more than, you know, we we know people don't like mainstream media, so... <laughs> That's why they like, like, you know, uh, websites like ours. No, I mean, to me, and I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna pass it to uh, to Tia and Dan. Um, by the way, hello, Dan. Thank you for joining us. Um, <laughs> um, uh, one thing I just want to say, and I really don't I'm try to be more more polite than that. It's gonna sound a little mean spirited, but it's, it's honestly how I feel. Um, we are approaching a point in time where we have to make it known Hollywood is no longer allowed to tell our story without us. Um, and what I mean by that is 
If it is a movie about a prominent black figure, I would prefer it to come from someone who's black. If it is a movie about a prominent Asian figure, I would like the movie to come from someone who's Asian. Um, and I know the idiots out there will say, well, you know, can no one white ever direct someone black? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for too long, America has told, uh, has told us what our history is. It's time we tell America what our history is. Um, and the best way to do that is for us to tell our history. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but what you learn about black history in school is the same stuff my mom learned about uh, black history in school. That's a problem. That means you have not progressed in over 40 years. Um, so it's, it's about time we tell our own story. Uh, and it does start with getting some kind of um, availability to be able to do so. It, it takes the studio saying, you know what, you know, Jordan Peele, you want to make Get Out, where obviously it's about um, black liberation, go ahead and do it. You know, it, it takes that. And we know studios are not that keen on doing that. Um, so like I said, it's, it's a fight that probably won't ever end, but it's a fight that's worth fighting. Um, and we need more people like John Boyega, um, you know, that's willing to risk it all. I mean, we just saw it with basketball. We just saw <laughs> LeBron was willing to say, you know what, no more basketball, no more basketball. Um, you just you need people like that. Um, it, it's really the only way to progress is to affect the pockets. And the best way to affect the pockets is by the people that buy the most saying, you know what, nope, we've had enough. Um, so... I'm proud of John Boyega. Um, I, I'll make sure I watch everything he's in to support him um, and do my part. But um, representation is too important for us to just kind of wave it away. Um, but, Tia, I, I'll, I'll go to you next. Your thoughts on what John, John Boyega had to say and, um, you know, some of the ways you think uh, the climate of the industry could just change by just diversifying more and making it something that's just – Normal. I mean, I'll even say when the Oceans movie came out with the all-female cast, first thing everyone said is, oh, my God, you're just trying to do what the guys did. We need to normalize it to where we're just like, oh, it's a really good female heist movie or just a really good heist movie. Um, you know, there shouldn't be any more caveats. But, but what are your thoughts? Here? I wanted to comment on how you talked about, say, Star Wars and Star Trek before, where you're always – confused me when you have these big fantasy productions and you think so small, right? I'm going to use the example of recently I just watched the Hobbit trilogy and the Lord of the Rings trilogy for the first time ever. And you can listen to the top ten Brittany and I were talking about, and I go, did you notice that every single person in those movies were white? And then I watched Lord of the Rings afterwards, and I'm like, Every person, I'm like, I tried. I tried really hard to see if there was one person of color in all six movies, which have to total about, like, 30 hours of freaking screen time. Not one person of color. And when you have these fantasy films like those movies, Star Trek, Star Wars, you should have the freedom to diversify, right? Finn, the character Finn, was so large and so popular, you would think that a character like that would be something that Disney wanted to, frankly, capitalize on, right? 
I mean, why wouldn't you want to put him more in your movies? Why wouldn't you want to, you know, really give his role a shit ton of substance? When when John Boyega said, well, sorry, John Boyega said those things, I agreed with him because it does seem too often in these films, it's like, here you go, guys, we have the person of color, but we're not really going to do anything with them. We're just going to like put them there, right? And I think that's wrong, 100%. And I just think that for some reason Disney is afraid of diversifying their content, not only in the sense of the people of color, but also in the sense of people in same-sex relationships. How many times do we see something where they're like, oh, my God, Disney's coming out with finally the first same-sex couple or the first, you know, LGBT character, and it's literally a character that had two seconds of screen time or a character like an Endgame who, you know, just briefly mentions that they were going on a date with a guy. Um, it worries me, honestly, about the Eternals. Are they really going to show this character who is being promoted as being in a same-sex relationship? So it's one of those things where it's like, I think these big companies need to be bolder in how they decide to diversify because they're going to set the precedent for others. If they show, like, hey, look, we're willing to, you know, bring this to the forefront, it's going to then, you know, have a trend where others are going to want to follow. Yeah, and I mean, I'll even speak to this, and then I'll go to you, Dan, uh, to, to close this out. Um, I'll speak for me and AJ. Uh, well, I, I know Joelle is also, but we're huge anime fans. I don't know if you guys know this, but studies were taken almost 45 to, I think, 52% of anime fans are people of color. And do you know how many characters of people of color you see in anime? Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, you know, I'm not saying that it does not exist. I'm just saying it's not as mainstream. Like, if, if someone were to name 10 of the biggest animes, or the most, 10 of the biggest mainstream animes, the, the characters are white. I mean, it even offended me that um, Samurai Jack was... He wasn't white, but he wasn't black, but he was voiced by someone black. And I'm like, you could have just made him black. Like, or, or if he was supposed to be uh, Chinese or Japanese or whatever, just like get someone that fits, uh, you know, whatever you're trying to, you know, pull from. And to me, it just, it happens so often to where it's like the term whitewash is just like so normalized. Because you just don't see enough representation of your own people to where you're kind of just like it it makes you kind of feel bad and guilty sometimes supporting like all this stuff, and you're like, there's none of us Tia, I'll tell you right now, I've seen all the Lord of the Rings. I will forever say the the first three, not the Hobbit, but the first three were like, God, they were so long, um, but you're right, not a black type, <laughs> not a narrow one, and I'm like. There were none? You're trying to say there were none? Like, not even, like, Not only that, but there is no black person, no Hispanic person, no Asian person, no Indian person. It is literally just white people. And I'm a white person watching this film saying to myself, it's just white people. (laughs) It's so odd, and those movies weren't made all that long ago. 
Like, they're made now, in the 2000s. There's no excuse for that. Yeah, no, and you're not going to tell me because it's a fictional world that it doesn't matter because I'm like, if it doesn't matter, then you would have diversified the cast, like, because it just didn't matter. Um, to me, that, you know that's... What, you know what... Go ahead. Ron, uh, you know what pissed me off, though, with Disney... Uh, Pixar is actually doing pretty well with um, diversity, but everything else within Disney, it just, no, they they don't want to focus. They just have like one person and then they call out, oh, we have a LGBTQ um, character in there. And like Tia was saying, oh, it's only like five seconds, two minutes of that one character that they overhyped in their marketing. But with um, Pixar, you're getting movies like Coco and Book of Life. Well, not, is Book of Life Pixar? No, it's not. But, yeah, Coco, you got um, Princess Moana. and the Frog, Moana. You're getting so many great diversity in Pixar films. but And it's doing great. But in everywhere else with, like, Star Wars or um, MCU for a good, uh, a good bit of um, its time. It didn't yeah, really want to focus on diversity, and that pissed me off. The the issue, though, is Black Panther did outstanding numbers for Disney, and Coco yeah. is definitely one of the most slept-on Disney animated movies, but it also won an Oscar. So I'm like, you're sitting here, and, like, and let's not forget Into the Spider-Verse. So I'm like, you're sleeping on movies mm-hmm. that are predominantly uh, of people of color that are making you money, bringing you awards in, and you're skeptical about doing more of them, why? Like, it, 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 it's showing you that we support them. People go out and they support them. So it's like, I should be seeing a slate of movies that I'm like, wow, Asian-led, wow, Indian-led, wow, Black-led. You know, I should be seeing that to where it's like five movies a clip, <laughs> you know? I shouldn't be seeing it to where I'm like, all right, they just did Coco and Moana. We might have to wait another 10 years. Like, you know, who knows? Um, you know, it just, it, it shouldn't feel like that. But Dan, I'll go to you to close this out. Your thoughts on John Boyega's comments and, you know, definitely comment on, do you, does it seem like Hollywood? Let's get out of Disney. Does it seem like Hollywood is starting to, to trend upward in its diversity? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a touchy subject, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know so much about Hollywood, but you know, the entire time I was just thinking, I was like, well, I know in in terms of Star Wars, John Favreau has made a point to hire uh, people of color to direct um, episodes of The Mandalorian. He, he's he. I think he talked about it on like one of behind the scenes that. It, it was important to get other people's perspectives like that. And um, so I feel like that's trending in the right direction. And the next phase of Marvel movies, uh, a lot of them are being directed by people of color. I mean, I think the Eternals, well, we had Black Panther 2, obviously, Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, so, yeah, I think in that way, yes, things are looking better. I mean, there's always room for improvement with that kind of stuff, obviously. There, you can't say, like, oh, we got a couple things going here. That's good. Um, can't rest on your laurels there. Not at uh, all. In terms of, 
yeah, in, in terms of John, what John Boyega was talking about, I really think everyone was mishandled. Poor. I, th- I just think that whole Star Wars trilogy was poorly treated. Um, I, I don't know what their goal was in those movies other than to make a ton of money. But, yeah, I, I don't think any of those characters will be remembered as fondly as the original characters right. were. Um, but I feel his frustration for sure. Uh, the trailers for the, um, the force awakens really kind of pegged him as a much more primary character when, yeah, he, he was kind of, not kind of, he was pushed to the side and it really focused on Kyle really and Ray. And I think overall it was just disappointing for everyone involved, I would imagine. Uh, it was definitely mishandled. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I feel as a white guy, it's tough for me to just kind of like come in here and say like, oh, yeah, I think this is what they it should what should be done and how it should be handled. Uh, I, well, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and it's, it's tough for me because th- those are my – some of my favorite movies and I I can't sit here and say what it should have been and I, I don't want to be that guy to say oh well you know it's based off of the book that was written in the you know the, the 40s uh, it, it product of a different time whatever you know what have you um, I'm also not as, as much as I would love to see people of color behind the camera in front of the camera I also think it's important that you don't force certain issues uh, because then I think you do a disservice to people of color. If you put them in a a situation to fail, you're only hurting the movement, I would say, Uh, because then something could come along where, you know, uh, God forbid, a a, like Shang-Chi, right? They, that movie comes out and it bombs, and it's like, well, you see, no one, no one really asked for this, and like, who cares? So, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Obviously. I'm just using that as an example, but we have a long way to go as a society, and I do think we are making the right. I think we are taking the right steps. I think movements are being made, but. Yeah, it's it's not going to be solved in a year. No, I will say to your point, um, the the problem with that is, and and I, I do want more white people to 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 speak out because we need allies. It's the only way to get this thing moving in the direction that you know we want it to be to be moved in. Um, what I would definitely say is, I don't believe it would be forcing the envelope. I'll give you an example. Matt Reeves, until we until he speaks more about it, as of right now, Matt Reeves, like to us, I'm not saying to him, to us, there was no reason to make Commissioner Gordon black, but you did. Why? Because why not? You know? So I'm like, all right, the Lord of the Rings book was written in the 40s. It could have been written in in DC, but you live in a time now where the movies are coming out where it's not like back then. So you that like if all right, I'll say this, Dan, you love the Lord of the Rings, right? And you love the Hobbit movie. If I put 30 black people in the Hobbit movie, would that have changed anything of that Hobbit movie? Probably not. Uh, I don't. 
can't answer that because it didn't happen. It's no, but I just mean like <laughs> just putting just putting people of color in it wouldn't have necessarily swung it left or right. And I'm not saying they necessarily had to be replacements for who the main characters were. I'm just saying I don't ever want to see a world where and, and that's why I got a little upset with Ryan Coogler and Colin Feige for Black Panther. Um I believe you had the white savior complex with one white person you had in Black Panther. And I was like, oh, you were so close. Like, you were so close. Um, Because I tell people all the time, what was the biggest mission at the end of that movie? It wasn't just to stop Killmonger. It was to stop the weapons from going to uh, America. And who did that? Not not anybody black. (laughs) You know? So I'm like, you, you were so close. Like, he really didn't need to be in that movie whatsoever, but it was accepted because it's like they're never probably going to give you a hundred percent. Like I, I'm looking at Shang Chi and I'm like, there's going to be like some white people in Shang Chi. Like we, we we can just get over that. Um, it they just won't be like a major character. But to me, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you putting them in there, that didn't drastically change the movie. Um, or make it any 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 better or any worse. You making Commissioner Gordon black. You making Selena Kyle black. That doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't drastically change anything. And that's why I'm trying to say because a lot of people would say, well, just create characters, create new characters uh, that are people of color and make movies about them. Problem with that is, Joel, how many people were talking about Kamala Khan before uh, what the past year and a half? None, right? Not not a soul. Yeah. Not a soul was talking about Kamala Khan. She's an original character. She wasn't white. She wasn't changed uh, to adapt to something. So it's like there right. are characters out there that are people of color. Just no one cares about them. Um, so therefore, it's like we have to do something yeah. drastic, like make Gordon black, so you guys can go, oh, look how normalized this is. The movie was still great. Oh, that's cool. And then it's like, all right, great. You like that? Here's Kamala Khan. And it's like, oh, yes, all right, this is great. That, unfortunately, is the only way we can truly bring out any kind of representation is, unfortunately, we have to slap America in the face by doing something so drastic, like making Gordon Black or um, any other crazy uh, casting changes or, or, or racial uh swappings that we had to do in movies um, to bring awareness enough to make people comfortable to go, all right, we can accept a Black Panther. I mean, I, how many times, guys, did we see on Twitter after Black Panther came out? It was only, it was only celebrated because it was like a movie about Black people. Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, huh? Like, could I come out and say Godfather was only good because it was just celebrated by, by white people? No, it was a good movie. <laughs> a good movie is a good movie. Um, so we just have to work hard to get things normalized, and it's not as simple as create create your own characters. Doesn't work that easy. Sorry, guys. Um, but when we get, you know, if Kamala Khan comes out and is great, me and Joel have been hoping we could see Jaime, um, you know, on on the big screen. That would help. Um, but so we get more stuff like that, guy. I mean, I don't even know of a DC movie within the next four or five years that has a black main character like. The movie is about that black character. I don't think DC has one uh, that we know of on the slate as of right now. Um, I mean, again, yeah, as long as you don't count the rock as black, you're good. 
Well, right, right. Um, but yeah, to me that that's a problem. Um, you know, like yeah, diversify. It's and give and it's only half of one. Right. It's like give us give us Jaime. Like just do it. If Miles works that well, Jaime will be will be so easy to pull off. Um, so, I mean, you just you gotta get you gotta get America to just take more chances. Um, but all right. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. We only got uh, two more things to talk about. We can get out of here, guys. Um, the future of the MCU. And what I mean by that is, um, where do we see the MCU going the next five to ten years? I know the obvious choices are, you know, X-Men is coming and the Fantastic Four. Um, but I mean storyline. And I wanted to add this in before I pass it over to you, Dom. Um what kind of, and I'm going to sound like such a hypocrite saying this, because I hate that DC is doing a multiverse where we're going to have two different Batmans, right? But I did think of this earlier. I kind of like wouldn't mind it if Marvel did that. I will never be okay with them opening this universe up as much as they are now. Fantastic Four, X-Men, Shang-Chi, Blade, um, all these different characters, and you killed off the two most important Avengers, and it's like, what? Like, why do I have to be in a, in a Marvel world where the X Men are finally here and there's no Iron Man, there's no Captain America, you know? Um, so it just it got me thinking. Like Robert Downey Jr. says his time is done. Albeit, I swear to you, Marvel is run like the Patriots. It's like you can't really ever take what they say serious. Um, but if, if that is the God's honest truth, it's like, you know how much that sucks? We finally got all the members of the Illuminati, and you want to kill off Iron Man? <laughs> That's bogus. Like, I want another Iron Man. Um, but Dom, h- how do you see the, the future of the MCU going? And how does the news of Robert Downey Jr. saying that time is, is, is over with? Like, like, how does that strike you? Um, I have a feeling that... Um... He, the kind of the kind of actor he is, I had a feeling eventually, because I remember there was rumors at one point of him, like, not wanting to play the character, like, four years ago uh, anymore. And he was like, I'm just trying to move on. And, of course, you know, some big checks change your mind a little bit. But uh, as far as, like, the, I do, I do think that the multiverse opens it up to them doing – a lot of different things. I think with I'm not I'm not sure uh, how much of a success um, Agents of Shield is considered. I mean, I liked it. I know Martin liked it, um, yeah. but I think uh, you know with things like that, you you able to you're able to open it up to a lot of characters that people like that maybe not be huge fan favorites, um, so I think that they can go in a lot of different routes and kind of, I mean, essentially do what the, the you know, the CW kind of does, and you just have a million characters, some you like, some you don't, some you might know, some you might not. Um, so I think that there's a, a infinite amount of, or infinite different ways that they can go. Um, I, I was hoping at one point that they'd kind of go the, Iron Lad, King the Conqueror direction. Maybe they are. We, I don't really know because, I mean, like you said, they are um, a labyrinth of information. You know, once you think you figure it out, they they completely uh, the opposite way. Um, but 
Yeah, uh, they. I think they probably need some direction. Honestly, I I, I kind of feel that, which I could be completely off. But it kind to me, I feel like they don't know exactly what they want to do because you have, you know, a lot of these characters are a little older. They've been doing these roles for so long. They may, even though the check is good, they might not want to do it as much as they used to. And, you know, if you're not really into a part, we can see on screen, like, hey, the chemistry was off. They didn't really, they're not feeling this character no more. So I don't know if they actually know their direction. I, I guess we'll have to see what they do with um, WandaVision and and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I, I don't really believe that they 100% know where they want to go. Um, but with them opening up this multiverse, they can do what they, they – I think that's their cheat code, is that they can do what they want to do. If there's some continuity issues, they're like, oh, multiverse, and we'll get back around to it, you know, three movies down, and it'll make sense again. And so I think that's their cheat code uh, because they don't know the direction. I will say this, Dom, uh, before I pass it to you, uh, Joel. <clears throat> I will say this. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I never really gave it a chance. So this isn't me uh, giving my opinion about the show. Um, I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a little ahead of its time because if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out, let's say, last year, and it was what launched Disney+, Plus, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would have been a hit. And I say that because – a bigger hit. Let me say that for anyone that's a fan out there. A bigger hit Um, because it would have given you a chance to use some of these lower-budgeted heroes um, that are more known rather than the characters that they ended up using. Um, like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would have been a great way to introduce Kamala Khan and then giving her her own movie. It would have been a great place uh, to work in, you know, um, if you wanted to do a new Luke Cage or if you wanted to do a new Iron Fist, stuff like that. Like Agents of, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could have gotten really trippy with the amount of um, B-level superheroes that they could have really brought up, and then they got their big shine with their own show or their own movie. Um, you were just so limited, especially in a time where Feige versus TV was kind of like, no, 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 no. Like, we exist. You can acknowledge that we exist, but we won't acknowledge <laughs> that you exist. Um, right. So when you have that, it's kind of like, well, what's Feige going to let you use here? <laughs> it was like, all right, well, Fury was in the first episode, and then Lady Sith was in was in like another episode, but that was that was kind of it, um, you know. But if it was something that was more controlled by Feige, I think you would have had a lot more um, familiar faces pop up, not from obviously the movies, but just character wise, um, that could have really brought that show up. I mean, I think one of its biggest seasons was with Ghost Rider. Why? Because people knew who the hell Ghost Rider was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was like. Oh, I know that guy. That looks really cool. Um, so I think Agents of Shield could have been a true juggernaut if it if it just came out like last year. It was just ahead of its time, in my opinion. But um, Joelle, I'll go to you. Um, any anything that Dom said that you wanted to respond to, and then your thoughts on uh, where you see the MCU going, and you know your thoughts on Robert kind of saying it's it. That's it, y'all. I, I ain't coming back. I believe them. You know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, they're gone for now. At least the only way I can see Robert coming back is if it's during the Secret Wars, where there is a, a 
a multiverse type of effect, and you can bring in people randomly from random places at different times. Um, right. But right now, like I don't, I don't see how he comes back um, physically. So do a cap, like, you would have to like reverse shit. He's old now, unless you like de-age him. Like I don't know. I mean, it's possible they did it in the comics. He's old and came young again. I guess it's doable. <laughs> um, but as of right now, he's retired, right? So. I'm not counting seeing them. And look, it's a new age for new heroes. So we're gonna Falcon will eventually become Captain America. Um, we'll probably get an Iron Heart down the line because Rhodey's not getting much younger either. So War Machine is gonna probably retire soon. Um, it's just you know these characters. A lot of like Black Widow's dead. <laughs> There's a lot of characters that are just <laughs> not gonna be there because it's the new age. You see Hulk's coming. It's it's a passing of the torch. So their characters will be around. They just won't be the same old characters. And yes, I had the same issues. Like I didn't want to see the X Men and Fantastic Four come in and never have them interact with Tony Stark and, uh, and Steve Rogers. So that shit hurts. I'm like, man, like my whole life <laughs> I've been waiting for that kind of shit, and you know, I'll never get to interact with them, and it bothers me. Um, but the characters themselves, like the, a version of Captain America, will interact with them. You know, a version of Iron Man will interact with them in some capacity. Um, and, you know, that's just something we got to have to live with. Uh, the future of Marvel is, I do believe they have a plan. I do believe they know what they're doing. Um, it's just a matter of us not knowing. Because I really don't know how they're going to work out the, the, the multiverse shit. Because that shit can get fucking trippy and confusing. Um, uh, and if you use, especially if you use it wrong. But I, I trust them enough to say, hey, they have a plan for it. Cool. I want to see how they use it. But uh, I'm very iffy about how how the the use of multiverse and how it is used because then you can you, you, it distracts you from using certain characters and doubling up on others and I don't like that. But that's just me. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a bright future because like there's so many characters coming. We have no idea. Like all the shit that's coming. Like there's so much more they haven't shown us. And even this year, we've been screwed because we, like, they've delayed all the shit they wanted to show us and tell us. And we've already should have seen Black Widow. We should be preparing to see fucking Eternals. It's not fair. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> it is what it is. It got delayed. Uh, I can't wait for all these movies. Uh, Shang-Chi, um, Doctor Strange, and talk about multiverse. There's going to be a lot of sh- weird shit going on in that movie. All the shows that are coming. It's going to be awesome. Um how f- I can't predict too far out because I know they want to do stuff with the Young Avengers, like you said. I don't know if Iron Man is going to be involved, but we've already heard rumors about other other Young Avenger characters. Already, obviously, Kate Bishop is being introduced. Um, Wanda's kids are being introduced, so uh, we're getting a lot of that. So Young Avengers is going to be there. It's, it's just there's a lot. There is absolutely a lot, and this is only the beginning. Marvel is just beginning a new a new wave. Right, and, and, and like you said, we said we're not fans of time travel. We're not fans of time travel. We're not really fans of multiverses, only because it could really open up a, a can of worms that just, you know, right. turns out so badly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, I kind of look at it, and I kind of go, I would love it if Feige would just call up Chris and call up Robert and just say, listen, Event films, that's it. Any event film we do going forward, that's all we need you guys for. You don't even have to be in an Avengers movie uh, necessarily. Um, just like whatever, you know, like you said, if you want to do Secret Wars, if you wanted to do X-Men vs. Avengers, uh, you know, just big, big event films. 
I would like the comfort of knowing they would at least come back for that. Um, because mm-hmm. we just, we, it, it, it's like you always said, Joel, like, all right, you got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, like mm-hmm. where the fuck is Green Lantern? Like you, like you have to complete it, you know? And, and it's like, it's so incomplete to know that X-Men and Fantastic Four are coming and there's possibly mm-hmm. no Rogers or, or Tony Stark. It's like, who wrote this shit? Like, mm-hmm. why would you do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, I mean, that's um, just bad timing, you know? That's really what that right. came down to. It sucks. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, at the moment, it's just something we're going to have to live with. Right. And what doesn't help us, and I blame Tia. You had nothing to do with it, Tia, but I blame you. Um, I do. Chris I Evans, do, too. Chris Evans just keeps putting out great projects. And it's like, the more he does that, the more he's kind of like, I don't really need to go back to Cap. So I'm like, we got to stop supporting his <laughs> shit so like he can come back and do Cap. Because he has nothing to do. I don't know if it works that. like that. But I don't know if it works <laughs> like that, but we can, we can try. Um, but Dan, I want to go to you next. Um, where do you see the MCU going forward? And how did Robert Downey Jr. kind of saying, like, hey, I'm done. Like, like how did that hit you? Were you kind of like... I did figured he was getting old or, or is it like, damn man, I thought you would like come back at No, I'm glad he's retired. I think you don't want to pull a, you know, a, a Brett Favre or you <laughs> don't want to be that kind of guy who a Mike, you know, like Mike Francesa, you come, you, you're at the top of your game, you retire and you come back and then you just kind of, you suck it up for a, a number of years. And it's like, uh, well, this is what you're kind of remembered as now. Uh, he left on a perfect note. I think the Russo brothers, you know, they gave him the out and he, he took it and they did it as well as he could. And just bringing him back is kind of, I, th- I think it would be a disservice to the fans as well as to the character because we invested so much into, into him for 10 plus years. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I don't mind him retiring at all as the character. I think that's the right move. In terms of where the MCU is going, again, I, I mean, you have you have another Doctor Strange movie. You have Natalie Port, yeah, Natalie Portman taking over as Thor, uh, and obviously uh, with, with Valkyrie in, the, in Waiting in the Wings. So who knows what those two can get up to, what what kind of adventures they can get into. You have Blade coming out. Uh, I think, and I, I was going to add this to, you know, the whole how how do they handle the Black Panther situation. I trust that whatever they do going forward is going to be carefully thought out and not rushed. So if they have to go back and back to the drawing board with, how they want to proceed with the future of their cinematic universe. I think that's what they'll do. If they have to delay something, that's what they'll do. I I don't think they're in the business of putting out inferior projects just to get them out. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited because it looks like outside of Dr. Strange and Thor, you have a little bit more of a grounded MCU, right? I mean, Shang-Chi, Blade, they're, they're not supernatural other than, I mean, obviously vampires are, I guess, supernatural, but, you know, they're, they're not cosmic. 
in in the same way that we had Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy and and uh, Thanos. Um, I, I mean, you have the Eternals, which who knows what that'll be about. Uh, yeah, I I don't know what it's going to be like, honestly. But I think that's the exciting part. Uh, we didn't know how the first saga was going to turn out, and it right. was it was beautiful. Um, it, and other other studios are racing to copy that style. So I don't think Feige will rest on like rest on the the first saga. I think he'll want to do things differently. He's not just going to rinse and repeat. Um, and as far as X Men and Fantastic Four, I, I think he he didn't have it planned out that they were going to get them. So I, again, I don't think he's going to rush them in just because we want that. This guy, he's earned. I, at least he's earned my trust with how he handles these characters, and I'm sure with the rest of you, you probably feel the same way. So whatever, yeah, I, I'm fully behind whatever he decides to do. It's going to be done carefully and with a lot of uh, a lot of love and care. Yeah, I've learned I trust Feige more than I do my own family. Um, so I, I definitely <laughs> whatever whatever he has coming. Um, but I will say, to me, the biggest standout is Blade. Only because Blade is a double, double-sided sword. Uh, no pun. Uh, mainly because he is our introduction into a Gur universe than what we've ever seen before. And it opens the door for more than just Blade. We know Moon Knight. We know there's been some conversation about Ghost Rider. Um, and I think the best way for us to get our Defenders universe, but I, I don't even know if Feige will still call them Defenders, because they're not the original Defenders. Um, but if we do get characters like that, it won't be until they uh, introduce a world like uh, uh, Blade's world, like Blade, Ghost Rider, uh, Moon Knight. And then I think you can get into more street level. Um, but right now, it's still it's still more super-powered um than it was in in the first saga to be completely honest with you we're gonna get a whole lot more powers than we had (laughs) in the 10 years uh before um so they're not even like slowing down on that they're only ramping up um so i mean to me i don't necessarily disagree with you but i will tell you this we'd be lying then if we if we were to believe that either wandavision or dr strange 2 isn't the introduction to either Fantastic Four or X-Men. Um, so albeit I don't think it was rushed, I think there's a reason why Doctor Strange 2 is multiverse into madness. Um, now, I, I could be a thousand percent wrong, so I'm not saying this factually, um, but I do believe the idea of introducing the multiverse was purely to give an, uh, an, an opening for mutants in uh, the Fantastic Four. Um, so, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out, but I'd find it hard to believe you get a window of opportunity like that and then you don't use it. Um, so I believe they're coming sooner rather than later. We do know we have a lot of dates that are, that are TBD, um, in, in Marvel slate. So we'll see how they fill those out. But, um, yeah, I think I'm more excited for what they can produce in their dark universe with Blade, Ghost Rider, and Moon Knight. Um, than really anything else. Um, because to do that universe well, it'll let me know 
how they can use Deadpool because Blade is a more direct version of of how crazy oh. you would expect the Deadpool movie to be. Um, so I'm curious, is Blade cursed? <laughs> like, like there's just so many questions about this Blade. Like, how far are you guys going from what we've seen before of Blade? Uh, so that's my biggest question mark. But um, T, I'll pass it to you. Where would you like to see the MCU go? Um, and how how much have you come to terms with just the idea of never possibly seeing RDJ's Iron Man again? Well, I thought that we were done with RDJ's Iron Man when they killed Tony Stark in Endgame. It was a perfect send-off. Um, and as Dan was saying, I'm, you know, as someone who is also a writer of fiction, you want to know when to end the story correctly, right? Unlike comic books, these are real actors who do get old, who do unfortunately pass away. So I think that Robert Diane Jr., you know, he gave such an amazing performance the past 10 years, and to leave us with this, like, bookend of such a beautiful story, I think shouldn't be messed with at all. So I'm 100% okay with it, because I thought that that was what they were going for. Um, And I wanted to correct you before. You said that we didn't have Cap anymore. We still do have Captain America. He's Sam Wilson. So that's our new Captain America rolling forward. See, that is just as disrespectful as someone trying to tell me uh, Terry McGinnis is not Batman. No, no, he's not. He is someone that is, is holding it until Steve Rogers comes back. Until, until okay, well, they, you know, he is just a placement. All right. Well, <laughs> just as much, just as much as I have to come to terms with the fact that John Bernthal will probably never play the Punisher ever again, you will have to get <laughs> come to terms with the fact that Chris Evans won't be playing uh, Captain America. Just saying. Um, things change after 10 years. It's the new error moving forward, just like, you know, with anything, with Star Wars, you know, with any sort of big franchise, the new error is in, and that's how it just is. But as far as where do I want to see the MCU goes, I mean, I have no idea. But that's, to me, as someone who's not a huge comic reader, that's part of the fun because I didn't know where the MCU was going for the past 10 years. And I loved every single second of it. I loved learning about these characters that I had never heard about before. So I'm pumped for the Eternals. As you know, I'm very excited for the Black Widow movie. Um, Of course, I want to see the X-Men Fantastic Four introduced. And if that is done in Doctor Strange 2, the multiverse of madness, I'm pumped for how exciting that's going to be. As far as who's going to be the next big bat, they're going to have to battle. Again, no idea, and that's perfectly fine. I don't need to know. Um, I'll discover that as I go along. I will say, as far as next big bad, that was actually going to be my question to end this topic. Um, there's so many ways to go. Um, like, it could, Dr. Doom could be your new Loki. Um, and you know it leads to so many villains. No but, one could be, no one could be the new Loki. No one could be the new Loki. I'm sorry. 
You're absolutely right. Doctor uh Doctor Doom would be better. Um but no, it, it can lead us <laughs> I'm jumping off now. Um no, there's there's so many ways that they can go. Um I think to me their biggest obstacle is how you explain mutants. Once you explain that, I'll have no more question marks about what the future of the MCU is. Um, to me, that's the biggest hurdle. Like, Scarlet Witch, as much as, like, no one's talking about it, she's a mutant. How the hell are you going to explain that these other people are mutants and she's, what did they call her? Gifted? Or what the hell was it? Enhanced. Enhanced? Yeah, so I'm like, all right. Yeah. All right. How are you, you guys going to You got to ask Dom. You got to ask Dom because Age of Ultron is his favorite movie. Oh, that's right. Dom did say that Age of Ultron deserves an Oscar. Uh, so, Dom, you should know that answer. I, I can't <laughs> I'm remember. I'll never let you live that down, Dom. That was the worst thing you could have told me. The worst thing. That was like. I was talking to my mom yesterday, and she was like, yeah, you know what's my favorite Marvel movie? She's like, what was that one where um, uh, it was like the love story? And I was like, a love story? She's like, yeah, it's a Thor movie. Uh, I, said, oh. I said, all right, get out. Get out. No, get it, get out. Get out. <laughs> um, so, obviously, I don't talk to her anymore. I deleted her number and blocked her. But anyway, um, AJ, mm-hmm. close this out. Um, your thoughts on the future of the MCU and um, – Am, am I crazy, AJ, or, or like, do you miss Iron Man? Like, it, I kind of feel like I'm I'm here on an island. Like, no, 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 no. His definitely. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Before you move to AJ, I gotta take a stand and defend. It does not mean that we don't miss Iron Man. That we don't miss Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. It's saying that we know that he get, got a good story. And as Dan said, you don't want him coming back and then you being like, oh my god. RDJ is too old. He's not putting his best foot forward, um, just like a certain someone did the last time he was Batman on the DC side. All right, I don't need half to ask acting from RDJ here. Breaking up. Um, <laughs> we, we don't ask me on this show, Tia. Uh, that, that's a great way to get to get hung up on. Um, just, just be careful. With um, but, but no. No, I know you guys aren't saying that. Um, to me, honestly, I, view, I don't view these movies like uh, like how I would view cinema. Like, obviously, when Don Corleone died, I'm not sitting there like, but you could, like, bring him back. Like, no, I get that. But you're in a comic book world. It's been done before. It's like soap operas. No one dies in soap operas. They always come back. Um, so to me, that's how I view Iron Man. So when you tell me, like, oh, no, 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 I'm done with it, no, 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 but I'm not done with you. Iron Man needs to come back. Like, him interacting with whoever you cast as Wolverine or Cyclops, that's going to be epic. Are you serious? Um, so, to me, that's I just how I feel. Reed Richards. But that's oh, Reed Richards, yeah. I mean, e- even then, to see, see, that's the one thing that sucks about Tony being happily married is because I would have loved Tony hit on Sue Storm. Uh, like every chance he got, <laughs> like and piss Reed off. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, he probably still would. You know, like he was definitely hitting on Black <laughs> Widow and Iron Man two while simultaneously also having the hot for Pepper Pop. Well, it I happens. mean, he's Tony. I'm out. Yeah, we don't even yeah. have to go that far back. He was hitting on Aunt May 
when he was with Pepper. It was like, yeah. Yeah. John, but, <laughs> when does it get kind of sad where when a 65-year-old man is hitting on another guy's wife who's 30? You know? When it comes to Robert Downey's comedy, it's... it's it's, I don't know if you guys watched Happy Days, but after a while, it was like, it's not cool anymore to watch uh, the Fonz hitting on teenage chicks when he's 30. Uh, uh-huh. it's, after a while, it's, just, it's, it's not cool anymore. It just kind of gets creepy, and we don't want to remember RDJ as a creepy superhero. Well, let's, let's also remember, we have no idea the age that they're looking to shoot for with the Fantastic Four. Um we but also have that. But I tell you this, it wasn't weird watching them hit on Aunt May. It was like this is Tony Stark. Like this is the guy I used to read about in the comics. Like it's on live. It's in live action now. Um, but well, I, like, they're around the same age, and RD and RDJ did date Marissa Tomei in real life. So you know, kind of cool there. He was definitely crushing on that her. Was, that was that was a nice one. Um, but <laughs> I, I will say this. To me, uh, to me, Dan, I view comic book movies. I always want comic book movies to be like my comics. Um, I never want you to venture off to where it's too real or you're trying to get too realistic. At the end of the day, it's a comic book. So you can do things like comic books. Um, Joel even said it. Uh, I think it was even after, um, didn't old man Steve die uh, from crossbones after Civil War? Yeah, yes, yeah, after yeah, he got assassinated. Yeah, yeah. It's like you want to bring him back or de-age him or, or whatever. It's great. The only way that you could screw up what the Russo brothers did with both those characters is if we're seeing them, like, doing Iron Man 4, Captain America 4, and plus all the events. No, I'm just talking about just bring them back for event films. Like, you know, Avengers vs. X-Men or, um, you know, Secret Wars, stuff like that. Bring them back for that. I'd have absolutely no problem with it, um, you know. And to me, hey, if all y'all can get hyped about Michael Keaton coming back, I can get goddamn RDJ back. Um, I mean, it's, we're it's talking about it's like almost twenty years as compared to like a year ago. We're talking about it's different. It's, it, no, no, it feels like forever. I want Iron Man back. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is feels like forever have to do with actual forever? It's <laughs> a big difference. Um, because it's how I it's how I perceive time, Joel. Do you not see Inception? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, but AJ, I'm gonna go to you to close this out for this this Marvel uh, topic. Um, how do you see the MCU going forward? And uh, no, didn't I ask you this? Did you go, or did we interrupt you? Yeah, I haven't gone yet. I'm like uh. I'm like I'm having major deja vu. I'm like I did ask AJ this. AJ, just go ahead. You asked yeah. me, and then Tia said, nope, let me talk more. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I know I asked you this. Didn't you talk? But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah, uh, I definitely miss Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, but does he need to come back? No, he doesn't. But I also would say that it was nice to see him come back for another movie, uh, like Logan style, I would say. Um, just to see him um, mentor the future. I, I would love to see that, but I know that's not going to happen. So whatever Kevin Feige and his team chooses, that's fine with me. But 
going through the slate. We have Black Widow. Um, so we're going to get Yelena as Black Widow. I feel like after the end of that movie. Uh, we got Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, Eternals, which is, I think it's going to be really good. And it's going to touch upon uh, New God okay. type, um, Kirby type style. Um, Shang-Chi. Uh, hopefully they touch on the Fing Fang Foom, the mystical elements of Shang-Chi. I would love to see that. Uh, WandaVision. Uh, who, who's not excited for WandaVision, to be honest? Um, the way yeah. that they're going to connect WandaVision into multi, um, Multiverse of Madness, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Then you have Loki, the animated what if from this. And that's the one I'm like really, really excited for because I have no idea how they're going to do the anime, animated style um, stuff and that after the What Up series, if it's successful. Then you have Hawk, Hawkeye, um, Thor, Love, and Thir- Thunder, which I'm super excited for. We were just talking about representation, and within this movie, it looks like we're going to get a lot of that. So I think that's great. Um, Blade as well. Um, I, I really hope that they do dive deep into the Blade mythology. Um, the horror elements of it, even more so. I recently watched uh, New Mutants, and mm-hmm. I wish they get could have given us more of that horror element in it. So hopefully, Blade will do a little bit better than what New Mutants gave us. Um, so with that, I hope they do uh, focus a lot on the horror elements of Blade. Um, Hawkeye, I can't wait to see Kate Bishop. The new Avengers is what I really want to see. Like I said, Spider-Man in it, Yelena as Black Widow, I think will be pretty cool. Um, Kate Bishop, I think, will be pretty cool in the team. We're also getting uh, She-Hulk and um, Miss Marvel. Yeah, there you go. go. Yeah, I I would love to see all of them interact with each other, have them as the new mutants. And if maybe even Shang-Chi in that team as well, I would love to see. And then we also have, like, speculation of uh, Ghost Rider and hopefully more mystical-type characters within the MCU so we can have another team up with Blade, Ghost Rider, maybe Doctor Strange or um, Moon Knight. any other mystical characters, yeah. basically, Moon Knight. Um, so there's a lot of, like, team type styles that Kevin Feige and his team can do with um, the MCUs going forward. Or mm-hmm. uh, we also have uh, Fantastic Four and X-Men, which, well, I I have no doubt in my mind that he's working really hard to try to figure out how he's going to set in. It doesn't even have to be in um, phase five or six, but I, I have huge confidence that he's working on trying to figure out where to put them in. And maybe, <laughs> may, this is a huge hope for me, maybe we'll get like an X-Men versus Avengers type storyline within the future. I think it would be pretty cool. So, yeah. yeah. I'll say this. Now that you brought it up, uh, Yelena, now that you mentioned her, I could completely see Black Widow's movie ending with like Natasha telling her like, hey, if you ever if you ever need anything or if you ever feel like you're alone or whatever, 
um, like find me here, you know, and I could I could picture her like giving her like an Avengers card or something, and that's how she joins. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean the the biggest question mark is who are the new Avengers? Um, mm-hmm. That was not answered at the end of Endgame. Um, that was not answered any movie that came after Endgame. Um, and Joel made a really good point that I think a lot of people um, probably just overlooked. Doctor Strange is not an Avenger. <laughs> um, uh, he's like no. I, I have I have my own stuff I'm worrying about. I, I'll help you guys when the threat is is you know great enough. But no, don't give me a card. I'm not I'm, I'm not coming to <laughs> fight Doctor Doom with you. Like what is that shit? Like no, only when like Galactus shows up. Um, so you know that's very important because a lot of people are like oh Doctor Strange, uh you know T'Challa, you know uh, Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. And I think the thing of it is Captain Marvel's too busy. T'Challa is too busy. Doctor Strange is too busy. So our new Avengers very likely could be an entirely young group. Um, so that's very, very, very fun to think about that um, the OG characters that are still alive, obviously, uh, are more of your big picture. Um, and we get to see these kids do some of the more uh, smaller picture uh, stories. And I have no problem with that. I have absolutely no problem with that. Um, I would love to see Spider-Man as the leader of the new Avengers. I think that would be pretty cool, especially since we got so much develop, development with him within like the first three phase or the well, it's um, gonna be War. It's going to be interesting depending on what the what the group is, because I'm pretty sure a lot of these people feel like they should be the leader. Um, so it'll be interesting. And if there is no yeah. actual mentor to this group, it'll be a lot of fun to see how that all pans out. Um, but I think all in all, we can all agree in Feige, we trust. Um, but all right, let's move on to our last topic. I want to, I want to keep this very short and very simple. So for our DC topic, cause we can get into this, uh, more elaborately later, uh, day, I want to go around and I want everyone to pick out one movie that is either in production, going to be in production, or has been something that has been mentioned. In DC, it doesn't have to be a movie. It can be a show um, that you're looking forward to the most. You can only pick one. Um, Joel, I'll start with you. What is the one thing in DC that you are looking forward to the most? That's not a fair question. It's not to me. I'm not. I'm not one track <laughs> nine person. I'm all over the place. I'm trying to get um, you guys all out of here uh, before eleven or by eleven. So I had to shorten. I had to condense it. Yeah, well, I mean, the Batman. I'm, I'm most excited for the Batman, honestly. I'm a Batman fan, so it's hard not to get excited. Yeah, I mean, hey, hey, come on now. You know who you're talking to. Um, but, um, <laughs> see, I'll go to you next. Uh, what project are you looking forward to the most from DC? I mean, it should be obvious, the Suicide Squad. I'm not being, like, I'm not kidding around. It is literally the Suicide Squad. You know how much I love the uh, 2016 Suicide Squad? I know Dan put it as literally, like, his least favorite movie, like, ever. But to me, I really enjoyed the 2016 version and the freaking behind-the-scenes footage that was shown at DC Fandom for the sequel. Um, just blew my freaking mind. I'm so pumped for this film. I need it yesterday. James Gunn needs to be finished, um, finishing production and all that shit. And, you know, everyone needs to wear masks 
then a vaccine needs to come out, and then it can come out on, in theaters, and then I will go see it. I will say two yeah. things. Yeah. I am not shocked that you picked Suicide Squad <laughs> because I know how much you <laughs> Um And the second thing is I will never understand how Matt Reeves filmed for like a month and a half and gave us the trailer. But James Gunn finished his movie and we didn't get a trailer. Like, I, I'll never understand. I exactly. know. I was like, are you exactly. kidding me? Are you kidding? But I'm telling you, right, um, in the behind-the-scenes footage, Who's the per- who's the first person who shows up in that behind the scenes? Joel Kinnan. So of course my like uh paying attention meter just like you know, went through the roof. I freaking love that behind the scenes. Like I don't even need a trailer after that. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good, you got me. Well, I, you had me at that. <laughs> to me, and again, you know, we, we said the whole thing about fandom was like limiting expectations like I went into it thinking all Matt Reeves would be able to show us is just what everyone looked like in their costume and he ultimately gave us a trailer and we just got to see a better look of Batman uh, honestly and that was enough but I'm like if, if he only got 25% of his movie done and he gave us that James Gunn what, what were you doing like why did I have to see behind the scenes <laughs> I, I don't it's care probably on purpose because he, he he's done that before. He he gave us a trailer for Guardians when he always filmed like very little of it the first the first time around for Comic Con. Yeah, so it's not like he can't do it. He he just didn't do it for suicide. It was probably hiding something. He doesn't want to give out something and trailer was like they're not ready to, to release the trailer. I don't know marketing. Who knows? Oh, who well, knows? because they knew how they they knew how ill received 2016's version was. So they need to like not only show you a trailer, but like show you like how the process of the making is. Show you how excited all the actors are to like really kind of drive home like, hey, this is different from the 2016. Please see it. Mhm. Yeah. Well, I I, I tell you this. Um, not happy, James Gunn. Uh, <laughs> like, what the hell, man? What, what, what was that? Um, but all right, uh, Dom, I'll go to you next. What is your uh, most anticipated from the DC? I mean, it's hard not to say Batman after seeing that that trailer. <laughs> um, I, I, I had, you know, my reservations uh, about um. Pattinson, and not because of his acting, because I think he's a great actor, just him in that role. But seeing that uh, trailer, I'm just like, all right, I'm all in. Where's my movie? Uh, so that's definitely uh, what I'm waiting on. Yeah, no, I think the biggest question mark I had for, for Robert Pattinson was, what the hell is this Batman going to sound like? And when he said, I'm vengeance, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my God. God, that was beautiful. Like, say that <laughs> shit again. Like, <laughs> like speak yeah, more. Yeah, that that was, was great. great. Um, like, I don't need you speaking as Bruce Wayne in this movie. Just, just as Batman. That was great. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's hard not to just go with that. I mean, that trailer really made people kind of go, "Oh shit, like, this looks good." Um, all right, uh, Dan, what's your most anticipated? The Suicide Squad. Just kidding, Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I uh, couldn't even hold it for longer than a second. No, uh, I, although I am more, I am interested in the Suicide Squad. That's probably my second most anticipated 
DC movie. I, and that's 100% serious. Uh, I I like what James Gunn has uh, has done recently. I even like the um, I even like the movie, the uh, the bad Superman movie. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, Brightburn. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I didn't love it, but I, I respected him. He's he's a guy who takes risks, so it's good to see that instead of just a cookie cutter kind of movie, which I kind of thought the first Suicide Squad was, but not here to start fights. Um, yeah, it's okay. I, but it's, it's Batman. <laughs> What's that? No, no, no. I just said Tia would be the only one that that would literally be uh, offended enough to fight you. Uh, well, listen. I I, I, I always I, I'm a big fan of Tia. I always shout her out every week, but she has this one flaw, and you know <laughs> to air no, to air see, human. See, Dan, where, where you're wrong is all right. So you see that is Tia's flaw. Her constant, constant disrespect for Ben Affleck is my only flaw with Tia. The only <laughs> Well, I I think, yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I'm I I wasn't super impressed with any of the other DC movies that came out, and I I know a lot of people kind of get Batman fatigue, but I feel like that's impossible, at least for me. That Mm -hmm. that character. I, the only thing I'm looking for in this Batman movie is for him to just not be sick of being Batman. It's for right. him to just like, well, we, we talked about it at the, uh, the DC fandom wrap up, how uh, we want our Batman to just be fully into playing Batman and not, I want to do this. So I don't have to do it because to me, that's, yeah. it's just weak. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell you this, this Batman, this Batman has a strong chance of following the Batman that um, would prefer to be Batman over Bruce Wayne, and that to me is my favorite kind of Batman that um, doesn't want the the life of Bruce Wayne. He just wants to be the crime fighter. Like, yes, give me that. Give me the movie to where he's only fifteen percent of it. He's Bruce Wayne, and the rest is just ass kicking Batman. Um, yep. So see that's, that's what this one is. Um, cause Nolan just went weird as hell with his Batman. <laughs> like what? You fought this hard to leave? What? 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 Um, but yeah, no, I think we all can agree on that. Um, okay. what you going with? Yeah. Uh, well, my first choice is the Batman. Of course, I've ever since, even before, actually, um, before Robin Pattinson was cast, but ever since Robert Pattinson was cast, I was probably one of the few people that were like, "This is the per- this is a weird casting, but it's a perfect casting for the Batman." Um, a lot more people hated this casting because of Twilight, but there's yeah. no surprise. Uh, everybody hated every single Batman casting. So basically, no one ever learned the lesson to begin with. So I'm not even surprised on that one. Um, but yeah, that would be my first choice. But to change it up, I'm actually gonna go with the video game Gotham Knights. Um, oh, I think, very nice. 
I think with that, I, I with the Arkansas series, I always thought that we should do, um, we should get like different character, um, be able to play different characters from Robin, Batgirl, Red Hood, Nightwing, just to run around Gotham, and we're finally going to get that. So my choice is going to be Gotham Knights. That's a great one, Stephen. Uh, Stephen O. Young, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, who's voicing Red Hood. Good friend of ours, loved uh, loved us so much. He sent us a Funko Pop of um, uh, Mr. Ne- was it Mr. Negative, uh, Joel, Spider Man game. Yeah, it's all. Um, so huge shout out to him. Uh, he's gonna be voicing Red Hood, which is gonna be really interesting. Um, but yeah, no, me and Joel when we saw that game, we were just like, you 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 sold it, just on the kids taking over. And then when you introduced Quarter of the Owls, it was like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's just icing on the cake. Yeah. Hell yes. Um, I haven't stopped thinking about that game. Like, honestly. I, <laughs> I, um, I know the biggest thing me and Joel were like, we, we couldn't wrap our heads around was, how the hell was he, uh, was, um, was uh, Tim, was he just disappearing and like, like teleport? What the oh, hell yeah. was that? Um, so just so much about this is like, oh, I can't wait. Um, all right, so I'm going to wrap it up with this. You guys are going to assume I'm going with Batman. I'm not, but I kind of am. I'm going with Flashpoint because of Batman. Um, I'm just curious how the hell that's all playing out. Um, this movie just oh, seems yeah. less, less like a fluid Flash origin story and more and more like a, hey, we got a course correct, and there's no other way to really do it. So we're going to be borrowing your movie to do that. Um, still think Flashpoint should just be an event film where you course correct and then you still have um, Flash's soul uh, be something different. Um, not really liking what I'm hearing so far. You not having reverse Flash is the big bad. It's already rubbing me the wrong way. Um, but I mean, I like Andy a lot. I love the first two It, uh, it movies, like a lot. Uh, and I don't do clowns. And I saw the second one in theaters. Um, so that's how much I love Andy. But um, he, was, he reacted during that movie. Not very much. I really did. I really reacted. I, I do not like clowns, and I sat through that whole shit. <laughs> I didn't sleep that uh-huh. night, but I love that movie. Um, but no, I, I'm just curious how they pull this. How they pull this movie off? Um, because you, you're kind of mm-hmm. stripping what Flashpoint was to make this movie. Um, it's, it's, it's barely like, Flashpoint anymore. Right. I mean, you know what it reminds me of, Joel, when when like I remember we had to tell uh this yes. This is when Geek Vibes uh Geek Vibes was what we originally were when we were first really taking off on Facebook. I can't tell you how many people we had to tell like if you enjoyed the comic Civil War, don't bring that energy to the movie because it can't be that. It'll be like the loosest yeah. interpretation of that comic. Um and to mm-hmm. me it was just like it was so unnecessary to even call it civil war <laughs> because it was just such a loose adaptation of it um so i look at flashpoint and i'm like you're using this movie more so as a device rather than telling a flash story. um and, and yeah. i don't i, I don't I think like it's going to be called flashpoint though it's, i think it's just going to be called the flash but who knows maybe i'm no i mean even if it is called the flash you're using the elements of flashpoint to where it, to me it's like, all right, I'll say this, Joel. Regardless of what the name is, we know this movie is purely just a course correction, more so than it is yeah. trying to introduce the world to Flash. Um, and that's far, what my... Far, you know. Right. 
and, and that was my issue with Civil War because we always call it uh, Avengers 2.0. Like that's not a Captain America movie. It's a movie that yeah. that loosely has something to do with Captain America, but overall is an Avengers movie. Um, so right. you know it wasn't even like a proper third movie for Cap because your focus was everywhere. So I, I look at what they're doing with this, and I'm like, I just want the movie to be the Flash. <laughs> like, why is that so hard? Um, so unfortunately, I look at this movie and I go, whatever his second movie is, is the movie I think I'm really going to get the true feeling of it being a Flash movie. Or maybe we get the robes, or maybe we get reverse Flash and stuff like that. Jay Garrett. Um, so to me, uh, they said this movie is going to be tricky. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's my most anticipated because it, a lot is riding on this movie. If this movie sucks, even if it does course correction, look how long it took just to do this, just to get to where we're at with, with concept art and a a clear direction of what they want this movie to be. It's been forever. (laughs) So it's like, picture if the movie does bad, how long it would take DC to do another flash. Um, so to Man, me, just, all those kind of people will never let this movie be bad. As long as Ben is Batman, it will be A. <laughs> that is that is a really good point. That is a really good that point. That was ben, their safety blanket. Like, this movie will never be bad. They'll support it no matter what. <laughs> ben legit could be in this movie for five seconds and the Snyder Cut the Cult will go, nah, 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 nah. It was perfect. Like, did you see him for those five seconds? Like, um, <laughs> that, that is... That is a really good point. Um, but also what intrigues me about this movie is apparently that Snyder Cut might have something to do with where they're going with this Flash movie. Um, so to know that that movie has even more of a meaning to the DC universe will be both intriguing and the most frustrating fucking time of my life <laughs> will be if this movie connects in any way to that goddamn Justice League movie. Um, but yeah, so I'm going with that, uh, not only to be different, but it, it really does intrigue me how the hell they're going to pull this off. But you guys already know when Batman comes out, I might sit in a the theater for like three viewings of that show. Um, I'm going to do a double, fe- a triple feature when it comes out. AJ, you know what? I ain't going to be outmatched by you. I'll do four. How about that? How's that sound? I'll close the theater. Hey, I have movie pass. I, I'll, I'll match it. All right. I, got I got a cousin at a theater, so I'll sneak in even even when that, when, when it's closed and just have them on. How about that, AJ? Um, all right, guys. Uh, Joel, Dan, Dom, Tia, AJ. I want to thank you guys for joining me for an all new episode. Wait, of before, before before yeah, go before ahead. You got a minute all, Did you want me to give? Did you want me to give a quick spoiler free review on Tenant or no? no? Very quickly. You got ninety seconds. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the performances of Tenet were incredible. Ron Panson, if you did not believe that he could play Batman and the Batman, this will actually change your opinion. Um, John David Washington, fantastic um, as the protagonist. And Elizabeth, um, I can't pronounce her last name, Becky. but she does a... Yeah, and she 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 is in control of the movie, and I really love her in this movie. Um just the overall uh, what's, action set pieces are amazing. That beginning action sequence in the beginning of the movie is doing a 
blow your guys' mind because it's incredible. It's on par with the Joker opening scene in The Dark Knight. That's all I have to say. There we go. Uh, all right. Well, AJ, AJ's done hype the hell out of this. Um, thank you for rubbing it in because New Jersey theaters just opened. Uh, I think opening Friday. <laughs> And I don't trust yeah. that shit. I probably won't be seeing Tenet in theaters. So thank you for that, AJ. Um, but thank you guys <laughs> for me on to the episode. Dom and Tia have really great interviews with the cast from The Boys. Uh, that's for you guys check that out. And I believe Dan is dropping an all-new episode of They Called This a Movie. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out also. Uh, and thank you guys for joining me for an all-new episode. Till next time. Peace. Yeah. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.